0: following is a presentation of the Outside Flips Radio Network. Recording live from Studio Shanto, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, the Outside Lit. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with my co-host, the tenacious titillating Tyler Dean. Tyler, what's going on? Week four is in the books, baby.
1: Another crazy week of football, and
0: we're kind of, sort of a quarter of
1: the way through. Except we have an extra week, and so we're sort of half. We're sort of a quarter of the way through. Let's call
0: it that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just under a quarter. We we've got we you yeah, know it's it's kind of awkward having week seventeen uh, or game seventeen rather. Um, it's 18 weeks of football is kind of confusing. It's really difficult to not be able to say eight and eight anymore.
1: Yeah, for sure. No that, more 500.
0: That's been a difficult, yeah. Nobody's ever going to be 500 ever again until they, they expand it to 18 games, which according to the NFL may be on the horizons, but we'll see. But, uh, yeah, we won't be able to call a team, a 500 team anymore. They're either sub 500 or over unless they tie
1: and split the rest of the games, right? tough
0: that's insanity uh so tyler week four is in the books we've got a ton of news around the league we've got uh we had some confusing games we had one really really bad game we had a blowout we had a blowout slash shutout we i mean we, we had all kinds of fun stuff in the nfl this week we had a comeback we've got strange signings interesting trades uh, yeah, that's right. Four weeks in the season. Trades. And we're not talking small trades. We're talking massive trades and massive guys getting cut. So weird, weird year already. I'm kind of confused by some of it, but this is the new age of the NFL. Uh, this is like, it's, it's almost like playing Madden right now, isn't it?
1: You know, it really is. It, it's been a crazy beginning here. A lot of head scratchers So yeah, and a lot of things not going the way any of us thought they would.
0: No. And and here we are week four. Tyler, you're ready to jump into these scores and, and break them down? Let's do it. All right. Uh, here are your scores for week four in the NFL. Starting with the Thursday night game, Jags and Bengals. Uh, Bengals squeak one out against the Jags 24-21. The Jaguars had this thing. I mean, they were dominating this football game and the Bengals come back in the second half um off of some great play by Joe Burrow and, and uh CJ Uzoma and and even a little bit from Joe Mixon and, and the Bengals pull back in front and win this game. They advance to three and one, and right now the Cincinnati Bengals are in first place in that division. Is that crazy to say or what?
1: Three way tie for first. And yeah. as I'm starting to be to predict it, the Steelers are starting to fall off that map.
0: Mm-hmm. And I don't understand... Um, I mean, the Bengals have had a, a few soft games, but but you know that week one victory against the Vikings definitely put them where where they are now. I mean, nobody saw that one coming. And uh, the Bengals getting it done against the Jags. Urban Meyer said it was a heartbreaking defeat. Um, next up, you got the Giants and the Saints. The Saints uh, get, get beat by the Giants. Giants get their first win of the year in overtime, 27-21. I didn't really... You know, I, I'm, I'm surprised that I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm surprised this game was as close as it was. I thought it was going to be like one way or the other. But you know, Daniel Jones played really good football in this game, and, and he, a lot. he
1: really did. I'm um, being short-handed, and uh, the the rookie came out and made a couple of couple of big plays. But nothing crazy stat-wise, but he made a couple of good plays. Yeah, uh, the- Tony.
0: Yeah, Kadarius Toney, and, and everybody we were just talking about, you know, off the air, we were talking about Kadarius Toney and, and the fact that it was last week before this game that, man, this guy has not played well, and and we've been talking about how he has not played barely at all or and, or well, uh, and, and we had predicted that during the draft, and he made a few few good plays during this football game, so I'm, I'm interested to see where they go with Kadarius Toney and his usage Moving forward, but Daniel Jones, like you said, being short-handed, getting it done against the Saints. Um, and, next, and Tony stepped up when he had to. And I think that's
1: part of the problem. I, I still don't like him as a player, but at the same time, though, he's he is buried in in a very busy receiving core.
0: Yeah, sort of like a serviceable backup in the situation. Am I right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, next up, you got Chiefs and Eagles. Chiefs beat the Eagles forty-two to thirty. Now, just be clear here, folks. This score. Does not tell the full story of this game. The Eagles more garbage time points, more garbage time touchdowns. Um, it, I mean, Patrick Mahomes looked good on the day. Uh, the Eagles, you know, it, you always hear this stuff about about Jalen Hurts. I mean, for example, Jalen Hurts scored a, the last touchdown of the game with four seconds left in the game. I mean, let's let's be real. This game was not as as close as the score would would say. Um, Chiefs dominate in this situation and uh, walk out with the W here. Um, next up, you get the Bills blowing out the Texans, shutting them out forty to nothing. Bills advance to three and one. Texans fall. Texans fall to one and three. Uh, is I mean, I understand it's the Texans. I understand that they're not looking real good. Is Josh Allen back on track here, Tyler?
1: I think he is. Is this the second game in three weeks in which they've they've uh, blown out? Which involved not allowing their point to score at all. So the, the defense is is a big part of this too. The the whole team seems to be firing on all cylinders right now.
0: Yeah, that that Bills defense has been has been good. They have four picks in this game, um, and and I, I think the uh, Josh Allen, you know, they're beat. They're blowing out the teams they should blow out. I think that's that's the big indicator there. Um, that they, they're they're not as close of games as we think that they're going to be. So. Um, yeah, they're they're doing their job. Uh, next up, the Cowboys beat the Panthers, thirty six to twenty eight. Uh, this one was kind of an interesting game. Uh, Darnold tries to execute a comeback, and and it, to no avail. Dallas put up a huge twenty point third quarter in this game. Dak Prescott looks good. Everybody gets to get. Uh, I think Prescott didn't he have four touchdowns in this game? If I'm not mistaken,
1: I believe so. Yes, I, I think the big point of this game is I mean, even even in the loss. It's showcasing that Darnold is the quarterback of this team, he, and he's, a, he's significantly better than, than anyone thought he was when he was in New York.
0: Exactly. Next up, probably the sloppiest, most awful game of the week, and the most boring game of the week. Uh, Browns beat the Vikings fourteen to seven. Browns move up to three and one. The Vikings to one and three. It was, you know, Tyler. I know you like defensive football. I gotta tell you, this wasn't even just defensive football. It was sloppy offense. All game long. It was just bowling shoe ugly. The No offensive line for the Vikings. I mean, I watched Rashad Hill get pushed around like a toddler. Uh, it was just bad. I saw Baker Mayfield missing throws all over the place. He looked terrible. Kirk Cousins looked terrible. The whole, both teams looked bad in this game. I mean, it was just a bad game. Just overall bad. Even the referees looked bad in this game. I mean... It was terrible. Uh, but the, the Browns, is Baker Mayfield on the hot seat, do you think, even in spite of this win?
1: No, he's not in the hot seat, but he, he's definitely underperforming for what I think a lot of people expected him to, so there's there's going to be that.
0: I think there's a microscope on him a little bit. I, I think they're, they've they got a magnifying glass, and they're, they're taking a closer look at Baker after that performance. It was rough. Um, next up, the Colts beat the Dolphins 27-17. to uh, Colts finally get their first win of the year. I'm sort of surprised it was over the Dolphins, but at the same time, I'm not because, you know, Tua isn't there. They got Jacoby Brissett in. It, and and whether or not we like Tua, I don't like Tua. I know you don't like Tua. I'm not a big fan of him. But I, I think this game might be a little closer and might even have a different result if Tua's in. I do think Tua is better than Jacoby Brissett, but the the Colts get it done. Tyler, what say you?
1: Uh, they're, they're kind of in in a little bit of haywire right now. I has I, I, been been a mess and the, the Colts, uh, I mean, they're, they're facing one of the hardest schedules in football in the first quarter of the season too, so that doesn't help.
0: Right, It's a whole different animal and, and Colts with the, their Carson Wentz injuries and whatnot and he, he actually played decent. The Colts get it done 27-17, but I mean, both these teams are having a rough stretch here. Um, Next up, you got the upset of the week. The Jets go out and get their first win. They beat the Titans? In overtime? 27-24? Man, I'll tell you what, this one surprised the hell out of me. What I, I'm not even sure what to make of this game. Really, I'm, I'm not. Derrick Henry looked good. Ryan Tannehill looked good. The Jets just looked better, and Zach Wilson looked great.
1: Zach Wilson looked very good. I, I was I was really impressed with them all around me. Defensively, they did well. It really seems that Tannehill is really missing having his receiver weapons.
0: Yeah, but and, and, well, they, they
1: did well from a run game standpoint.
0: Yeah, he and Tannehill still had 298 yards in this game. I mean, it, it wasn't like it was a horrible performance, but I think he they they walk out they walk away with a W in this game if they have AJ Brown and and all those guys. Either out. Either one of them. Yeah, just one of them. Even. Yeah, that's but they, he was missing both of his big targets. Um, so the Titans lose this one, 27-24. Zach Wilson and the Jets fans get to celebrate all the, really all the fans in New York get to celebrate this week. Next up, the Lions drop another one. They, they fall to 0-4, they're now the worst team in the league. Bears get their second win of the season. Justin Fields at the quarterback position, he didn't play that well, but you know the Bears fans are losing their mind about Justin Fields, Justin Fields, and so are those Ohio State stands. Bears advance to two and two, they go up 24-14 over the Lions. This Lions team, are they the worst in football? Are they going to wind up with the number one overall draft pick?
1: It's really starting to look that way. Uh, I mean, there's a couple of bad teams out there as well, but the Lions really aren't looking great. But they seem to put up a fight at, at the right time.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting. And, and we're, we're going to talk about this potential trap game for the Vikings against the Lions going into next week in um, a little while later. Uh, next up, you got the Washington football team. They come up 34-30 to 30 over the Falcons. Uh, they get it done. Uh, I mean, come on, Tyler. It's it's Taylor Heineke, baby. It's Heineke yeah, time.
1: right now. Heineke's been proving me wrong by a long shot.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it's Heineke time, baby. He's he's looking good. You gotta you gotta love what he's doing here. I mean, come on, Tyler Heineke or Taylor Heineke, rather. Two hundred ninety yards, three touchdowns. I mean, this guy. Looks good. Great. And, and again, he, again getting it done and I understand it's Atlanta don't get me wrong I understand it's Atlanta but holy smokes this this former third string guy he's just tearing it up he's getting it done next up you got the uh, Cardinals and the Rams this one was a weird one Matt Stafford did not look good in this game Cardinals win 37-20 to 20. Stafford was missing throws everywhere and to his credit he went in the, the, the post game press conference and owned it and said hey you know I've it's on me i didn't i didn't get the job done but man he did not look good did he not at all it was the first
1: time he really didn't look great um but then again you're it is also a very strong cardinals defense too so that could have been part of it but the cardinals look better at all all phases of the game
0: yeah the, well and and here's my thing i i and stafford i i i mean you, you always have that kind of pie chart of blame type situation and and Stafford kind of takes a majority of it. The Cardinals, fun fact, only defended three passes of Matt Stafford's during that football game. Matt Stafford missed a lot of those throws. It just—it wasn't a, a Matt Stafford game um, that we've seen from this year, anyway. I mean, I, I could—I could see, you know, them doing that, you know, in, when he was at the Lions. Maybe the, those, we, he had those games at the Lions, but this—this this game was just—it was nasty. Cardinals weren't getting a lot of pressure on him either. I mean, it was just a confusing game. I think Matt Stafford could come out hot next week. He just, you know, had a little lull. And the Cardinals get away. You know, the Cardinals, weirdly enough, for a 4-0 team. They've been getting away with some interesting wins. I mean, to this past week, they get the bad game for Stafford. And then in Week 2, they, they you know, get the missed field goal from the Vikings. And, I mean, they, they've been eking
1: out. I, I think they still beat the the Rams even if Stafford was on his best team ever. I think Cardinals put up enough points to beat it by seventeen. I think they were they gonna win that game no matter what.
0: Well they're gonna face off again later in the season. So we're gonna find out if this if this matchup was legit. We're gonna find out if if you know maybe just Stafford was having an off day or if the Ram or if the Rams really are, you know, kinda of, kinda of down against the Cardinals. We'll we'll see. But uh you know this this one game may be tell the story there and that game was if it's a preview of the nfc title game i sure hope it's not because man that game was pretty one-sided in that situation so we'll find out uh, next up you got seahawks and the niners seahawks 28 to 21 over the niners uh jimmy g goes down in this game your boy trey lance comes in and i'll be honest with you i was not impressed with old trey lance in this football game
1: See, I feel the opposite. I I almost had him creeping on my top 10 here in rookies, but only because he hasn't played the rest of the year. But I thought Trey Lance did very well for having to come in cold.
0: Yeah, I mean, coming in cold, I I can see that. Um, Only 9 for 18. Uh, His accuracy wasn't completely there. He did have the one rushing touchdown, and, and, you know, he did have the – you know, a pair of passing touchdowns. I mean, his QBR looks pretty, but I I just see a, a that nine for eighteen, and I'm going Ooh, maybe this guy is not as accurate as we all initially thought, and that could pose problems for the Niners in the future. He's, I want to
1: see him doing a full game where he's prepared to play because coming in cold. I mean, and not, not that's not a skill that everyone's able to do.
0: Right. I want to see if he can be really accurate. That's that's one big thing, and it's kind of like the same thing. That you, Really, to be honest with you, he kind of looked like a um, a poor man's Lamar, and where he was running the ball effectively, but his passing wasn't as uh, uh, as good as it was. Kind of like Lamar was in his rookie season, and um, his passing wasn't as accurate. And that's kind of where it, what it's kind of headed for Trey Lance, I think. He could be, and you may be right, he could be the next big thing in this league. I think a lot of it just depends on can he improve the passing accuracy moving forward like Lamar did. So that, that's where I'm kind of standing on Lance right now. You know, he could be starting this week. We don't know what's going to happen with Jimmy G, so we could see a full game out of uh, Trey Lance uh, this upcoming week. Next up, you got Packers and the Steelers. Packers dominate the Steelers, 27-17. Ben Roethlisberger has another rough game. I mean, it's just bad. I mean, 26 for 40, yuck. Ben hasn't looked good all year. The Packers do what they do, just dominating this game. Aaron Rodgers getting it done. Uh, He didn't play as well as Aaron Rodgers normally does. He wasn't as accurate, but... You know the yardage, the touchdowns. He didn't throw a pick. It was almost like Aaron Rodgers was playing Alex Smith, game managing football, wasn't it?
1: A little bit, but I, I think that's kind of just part of the hey, um, we got this game in the bag. We'll just kind of just co- kind of coast along.
0: Yeah, and and I think they they knew from the get go that this was going to be an easy victory for them. And the Packers get it done. They advance to three and one. Steelers fall to one and three. Uh, next up, the Ravens give the Broncos their first loss of the year, twenty-three to seven, in very convincing fashion. Teddy Bridgewater goes out with a concussion in this game, and in comes Drew Locke. He does not perform well. And the Ravens get it, get it done against the Broncos. Hey, rock and roll! They they bring them back down to earth, right?
1: Yep. And the, and the, in this game, the two records were broken/slash tied. Um, Justin Tucker's um, fastest to hit three hundred field goals. And the Ravens n- now tie the seven—I can't remember the year, 75 to 77 Steelers in most consecutive 100-yard rush games for the team.
0: Now, what is your take on that situation with with John Harbaugh? Is it, it? Do you do you think it really? You know, I understand you want to be able to be that record holder. Um, the overall feeling is that that it was it was unnecessary and it was. Uh,
1: the overall feeling in Denver is unnecessary. Any analyst I've seen is saying Fangio's an idiot.
0: Well, I mean, and the overall feeling is, is you know, uh, you know you endanger the players for a stupid record and you shouldn't or have done
1: did, did you see the back and forth between Fangio and Harbaugh?
0: Yeah, they're, they're having pissing matches back and forth, which is interesting because they, they're former, you know. You saw what Harbaugh said back, right? No, I have not. So Fangio said that. I was
1: like, yeah, they put, they put player safety above all. And Har- Harbaugh says, like, Well, there's ten seconds left and they threw it to the end zone. For, I don't think there's a sixteen point touchdown out there, so I guess he affected his player safety too for no reason.
0: <laughs> Man.
1: Well, but no, it's a forty three straight game that that takes a long time to do. You're 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 two yards away from it. Um they, they ran a play that protected Lamar. I I am I'm, I'm 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 good
0: with it. Yeah, and and uh, Harbaugh I mean they, they've always had a, a really really solid um, uh, running game over there in, in Baltimore and and hey it shows Harbaugh setting records over there so you got to like that as a Ravens fan I'm sure you do um so yeah Ravens get it done 23 to 7 they advance to 3 to 1 Broncos fall to 3 and 1 um next up you got the Bucks and the Patriots this one was supposed to be the the highlight game of the of the week um, it was supposed to be the return of Tom Brady to Foxborough, and uh, I gotta tell you, it, it was raining, it was pouring, and it seemed like everybody was snoring in this game. It was bad. There was a boring ass game. Patriots tried a last-minute field goal to put it away. Nick Folk hits the post, and man, every time you hear, I gotta tell you, you hear a ball get kicked at the at the you know upright, and it hits the post, and that ominous just bong. Is arguably one of the funniest songs or so, sounds, rather, um, that I've ever heard. I, yeah. I don't. I find that sound so funny, but at the same time, it was. It's just like, man, uh, you got to feel for the guy because, like, it was right there, and and to have it go off the post like that.
1: Yeah, really, it was a long kick though.
0: Yeah, it was fifty-six. So I mean, it would have been a game winner. Um, but
1: you know, as much as I want to shoot on Tom Brady, um, I feel like he. He, I think he just was trying too hard. He didn't play well. I think, and I, I don't think it's because he just didn't play well. I think he was trying too hard to like, make it like a legendary, like epic stat type of game.
0: Yeah, there was a lot of Tom Brady, Tom Brady throwing going on um, that just didn't seem necessary. I mean, 43 attempts, you know, and, and really he only had a 51% completion percentage in the whole thing, so he didn't do anything spectacular. And and really, to be honest with you, Mac Jones, he looked pretty damn good in this game. Mac Jones showed up.
1: Mac Jones definitely showed up.
0: Yeah, I mean, thirty-one for forty. I mean, two seventy-five, two touchdowns. He did have the one pick. That was a you know a little ugly, but I mean, Mac Jones looked good in this game. And and he, I mean, if I'm being honest with you, even though they lost, I think Mac Mac Jones outdueled Tom Brady in this game. And you know, and, in a way, yeah, in a way he did. And and. You know, to be fair, and I got—I love his attitude too, because a lot of people were asking him, like, "Oh, how's it feel that, you know, you, your stat line was better than Tom Brady's?" He's just like, "Look, I'm not looking for moral victories. I'm looking for Ws. So it really means nothing to me." I love that attitude. I love it. I, I mean, that, I didn't like Mac Jones from the rip, but the more I see from this guy, and the more I hear from him, the more I like him. He's just a—he's a winner, and you gotta love that. From a quarterback especially one that's going to a place that is has you know just walked recently walked away from one of the greatest if not the greatest quarterback of all time am, am i wrong
1: i think you're spot on
0: yeah so i mean i i love his attitude mac jones is making a believer out of me and and i'm fascinated by it and i want to see if he can continue that Um, And last but not least, Monday Night Football, the Chargers dominate the Raiders 28-14. Justin Herbert looks damn good in this game. You know, I got to tell you, I've been talking about Justin Herbert for a while. And and I've been, you know, I told you, I believe this kid's a Super Bowl winner. And man, the more he plays, especially in this season, the more he goes, dude, I got to tell you. The the better I feel about about that, uh, I'm I'm getting to the point where I'm thinking this kid's going to have a bust in Canton down the line. Am am I am I wrong here for feeling this way this early?
1: I no, mean, I'm I'm right there with you. Um, Herbert's been great since he got here, and and it he continues. To, he's he's getting better every week.
0: Yeah, I'm just I'm so impressed with with Justin Herbert every time I see him, and uh, I got to tell you, dude, this this has been. I mean, it was a pleasure watching him on on Monday night, just seeing what he was doing, and and I mean, this this guy is just impressive, just outright impressive, and uh, yeah, Justin Herbert getting it done. Uh, Derek Carr looked rough in this game. I mean, he looked just haggard in the in like a completely game.
1: different player than the first three weeks.
0: Oh yeah, it was it was bad. I'm not, you know, I I I understand you know quarterbacks are going to have rough weeks. We we have seen. Eric Carr have rough weeks in the past. This is not the first rough week we've seen out of him. But, dude, I, I'm just, I, I'm more in on the Justin Herbert train right now than anything. <laughs> and uh, I just, I love what I what I saw out of him. Uh, Chargers get it done. Um, a guy that was kind of an unsung hero in that game was Austin Eckler, by the way. He had a hell of a game. Uh, so the Chargers advanced to 3-1, and one, and we've got ourselves Chargers. Sitting atop the division, did you see that coming?
1: I well, yes and no. I didn't think they'd be sitting there with with the Chiefs where they're at, but I, I knew the Chargers were, were going to keep things close.
0: I think this this could come down to like you know a divisional game, week seventeen, week eighteen. I mean, th- this could come down to the wire between Chargers and Chiefs at the end of the season. I mean, do you, do you could you see that?
1: It very well could,
0: and I could see that happening. Right, that's that's kind of where I'm at on it. So, and and there's your scores for uh, week four in the NFL, folks. So, Tyler, now we're going to jump into uh, a segment that I want to talk. I'm excited about uh, you. You are uh, you. It was tough to decide on a lot of these these um, uh, performances this week, was it not? I mean, we had a it ton. It of- definitely was. I mean, I you sent me the, the the list and I was just like, yeah, yeah, this is this one's difficult. Um, there was one guy I honestly was surprised that you didn't have on there, and I stuck him on uh, the Forgotten Five.
1: It's probably so, my last minute drop off.
0: Yeah, I I, I was surprised. I was legitimately surprised because he had a humongous game, but I, I threw him up on mine. He's number one on mine. So I mean, hey, thanks for making that easy for me, huh? <laughs> so, um. So let's get ready for it it's time for Tyler's top 10 Tyler's top 10 and Tyler time for the top 10 let's do it, it up it, it, I, i'm I'm excited for it um let's uh let's bring it in here let's let show me what you got.
1: Let's start at number 10, where we normally do it. It's number 10, Joe Burrow, 25-32, 348, two touchdowns. Burrow,
0: is this his debut on Tyler's top
1: 10? It is.
0: Yeah, I, I But he's didn't... had
1: himself a pretty good season so far.
0: Yeah, he hasn't looked bad. He has not looked bad at all. His uh,
1: numbers are right there with your boy, Herbert.
0: Yeah, uh, Burrow hasn't looked bad. I think Herbert's looked a little better. But a little bit. Burrow is keeping up. I'm, I'm impressed with it. And... uh Man, I gotta tell you, I I like what, what Joe Burrow's doing. Um, him and the Burrow
1: and, chase combo is looking great.
0: Yeah, they they have a really good rapport, and we we saw a lot of teams do this, uh, this whole thing in the um, uh, in the in the draft where they were combining their, their quarterbacks, their rookie quarterbacks or second year quarterbacks with their uh, uh you know, receivers that they had in college. But I don't think any team has done that more successfully than the Bengals with Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and the rapport that they have. So I, I, I love this combo. So I, I think you're absolutely spot on. Um, this is great. So, yes, I agree. Joe Burrow definitely needs to be there.
1: Number nine, scary Terry McLaurin. Six receptions,
0: 123 yards, two touchdowns. Huge game for McLaurin. Huge game. He has been... Tyler Heineke, or Taylor Heineke's favorite, I, I keep saying Tyler Heineke because I'm, I'm so used to talking to you. Taylor Heineke, he's become his, Heineke's favorite target. Uh, 100%. And, yeah, and, and he's, the, he's the favorite, which, uh, you know, is sort of surprising because they have such a good tight end over there in Logan Thomas, and, and he hasn't, fed, hasn't been fed the ball as much as I expected for a, a guy who technically was a ba- is a backup quarterback. Um, who's probably going to wind up overtaking Ryan Fitzpatrick for the starting job. And, and he doesn't target Logan Thomas a whole lot, which I, I, like I said, I, you know, you get a backup quarterback, you expect that tight end to be the safety valve. And, um, Logan Thomas hasn't been that for, for Heineke. It's just been, let's throw it to, to McLaurin all day long. And McLaurin is looking like, I mean, last year, McLaurin looked okay. This year, he looks like he's going to be one of the top 10 receivers in the NFL.
1: No, you're 100% right.
0: Yeah, that's that's kind of where it's headed. So I like that. Terry McLaurin is is a great receiver. Um, he's something special. So uh, yeah, good good on him for for that.
1: Number eight, Jalen Hurts. He um, I know a lot of it kind of came late, but uh, the stat line does look pretty good. 32, 48, 387, two touchdowns.
0: It, it's a garbage time stat line. I understand why he's there though. He. Is just one of those players right now where he's just kind of holding on. He's putting up pretty numbers, but I think a lot of them come up against when teams put up soft coverage. Um, I understand why he's there because the numbers look pretty, but I feel like they're garbage time stats. Um, I would have probably put him a little lower on the list based on that, maybe even off the list, maybe maybe hitting forgotten five mark. Yeah, the the garbage time numbers are, are kind of what's keeping Jalen Hurts relevant. Um, particularly from a a i mean fantasy football perspective yeah i'm i i understand why he's here but i feel like he should have been lower on the list given the uh, given the garbage time factor
1: yeah for sure number 7 cordero patterson having himself a season already 116 yards and scrimmage and three touchdowns all through the year
0: strangely showing up he he pops in as a running back I and mean, he is truly offensive weapon that, i mean that's what he's 100% yeah, he's become an offensive weapon. He, he, uh, can re- he can catch the ball. He's been, they, people even were saying he was taking over the Julio Jones mark, which I, I find fascinating. Patterson, he he's, was drafted as a receiver, not just a kick returner, and he didn't pan out as a receiver with Minnesota and all, any other team, really, that he went to. Now he's panning out as a receiver, and I don't know what changed. But... It's kind of cool to see him showing up in Atlanta there and and being really, I mean, strangely enough, they're number one. I want to see if it can free up some stuff for Matt Ryan, and I want to see if it can free up passes for Kyle Pitts, and I want to see if it can free up passes for Calvin Ridley. Suddenly, the the Falcons become dangerous. They they really do. They become a, a dangerous offense, so I want to see what exactly they've got in store for um, – for other teams and opposing defenses, with both those guys on the field.
1: Number six, Derrick Henry, thirty-three carries, one hundred fifty-seven yards, and a touchdown. He tried his ass off to carry this team.
0: Huge game in the loss, uh, and and I watched him end a few men, few grown men's lives, uh, during that game, like he always does. Uh, he he had to carry the load here. I mean, it, and I like we said earlier, I I think that Brown and Julio being on the field would have been made this game a no-brainer and and the titans would have won this football game but derrick henry the man is a monster i mean it's it's i think it's very telling this stat line it's almost barry sanders like
1: it very much is
0: it's almost barry sanders like you know where where sanders uh uh, used to carry the team even when there was no receivers on the field you know he would always put up these huge numbers and that's kind of where derrick henry's at He's just carrying this football team, even when they don't have any of their weapons on the field. So, uh, yeah, this is a great stat line for him, and I think he deserves 100% uh, you know, as a consolation prize for the horrible loss to the Jets to be on Tyler's top 10 at the very least.
1: Number five, Austin Eckler puts up a clinic on Monday Night Football, 145 yards from scrimmage and two touchdowns.
0: Uh, the, the thing that, that gets me about Eckler's stat line 15 attempts for 117 on the ground, and he had a 7.8 average. That's huge. I, I a few years ago, and we had this discussion, when I mentioned Austin Eckler, I always pointed out his average compared to when Melvin Gordon wasn't on the field. And I said that Austin Eckler is the better runner if he can be healthy. And Eckler has shown that he is the better runner when he's healthy. Melvin Gordon has been sort of an afterthought since he went to Denver you know, he put up good numbers, but he hasn't been putting up great numbers. Um, he's been very mediocre. And when Eckler's on the field, it completely changes the game for the Chargers. So I like this this one, and I and I, I really am kind of proud of the fact that I pointed this out all that time ago because Eckler is the better runner. So the Chargers found themselves a gem in him. As long as he stays healthy, he's gonna and, and yeah, I mean he's gonna continue having games like this and be a guy that you're gonna see on your top ten more consistently.
1: Number four, Patrick Mahomes, 24 for 30, 278, five touchdowns and a pick.
0: Mahomes had another Mahomes game. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's what it became. Patrick Mahomes having a huge game for himself. You got to love that, that, you know, he's, he's still fighting in spite of the bad defense. Their defense has not been good this year. Patrick Mahomes has been the one thing keeping him afloat, really. I mean he had a 141.4 passer rating in this game. He only missed six throws out of 30. I mean that's that's a big deal. And another big thing that that went on with with Patty Mahomes here is the the fact that Clyde Edwards-Helaire out of nowhere comes alive. I mean he he had a good good rushing number this this week. I mean if you if you don't mind my saying, so I think that's that is kind of a helpful thing for Patrick Mahomes right now. And, and it's I think, given him a lot
1: more to work with.
0: Yeah. It gives him a little, little bit of breathing room because he hasn't had that rushing attack. I mean, since last year, if you, if you think about that, he hasn't had that rushing attack and you can see, like you get him that love, you get him that, that the, the extra weapon there. And, and Patrick Mahomes gets a little breathing room there. And I, I'm okay with that. It, 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 I was concerned that the chiefs were going to wind up in the same space as the Buffalo bills where the bills have no rushing attack. And so teams are just dropping in zone coverage and, you know, making them rely on Devin Singletary, which is not what you want. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's kind of what I was concerned with. And yeah, that's, that's what we got out of the situation. <laughs> so Patrick Mahomes comes alive, looks like Patrick Mahomes. I mean, that's, that's what we got. He looked like Patrick Mahomes in this game. And, uh, yeah, I gotta, I, you gotta love that. So him getting it done. That's a big deal.
1: Number three, Debo Samuel, eight receptions, 156, two touchdowns.
0: Debo Debo looked damn good in this game. Uh, e- even, even it's both sp- quarterbacks. Yeah. In spite of the quarterbacks and, and in spite of everything, when Debo Samuel is healthy, he's one of the best receivers in the NFL. He really is. And eight for one fifty-six, two touchdowns. He's explosive. I told I told you when this guy got drafted. As long as he stays healthy, he's going to be a monster, and he's shown that. And the Niners have been using him for a lot less of the trick play situation, and have been using him for more of a receiver, like he should be used for. Uh, he has a uh, huge.
1: He's taking over this team.
0: Yeah, I want to see if Debo Samuel, A, can keep his health up. That's a, always been the concern with him. He's very much like a Dalvin Cook, where it's it's he's hurt every year. He's down for a couple games, then he rolls in. Last year, he was hurt for a lot of the season. As long as he's healthy, he's going to be the guy that controls this team. I like Debo Samuel a lot. Um, and right now, I think Debo Samuel is... is uh, He's about to be one of the best receivers in the NFL, barring a medical setback. So we'll see what he's got.
1: Number two, Matt Ryan, despite in loss, 25-42, for 283, four touchdowns.
0: Not as accurate as I'm used to seeing Matt Ryan. Um, I, 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 Matt Ryan has had a rough season offensively, um, and and. 283, but he gets in the end zone four times against a Washington defense that has not looked like the Washington defense of yesteryear. Am I wrong? Definitely. Yeah, I, I think this, you know, everybody talked, we, and we all touted the Washington defense as one of the best defenses in the NFL. And, uh, yeah, so much for that. That has not worked out. So, Washington, I mean, they, they gave up the four touchdowns to Matty Ice, and... and I mean, at least they gave it up to a really good quarterback in Matty Ice, to be honest with you, because Matt Ryan is a very good quarterback. Um, yeah, this, this team, they're, they're going to have a rough go of things for the next couple of years. And who knows how much longer Matt Ryan is going to remain?
1: Well, he doesn't want to be there, really.
0: Yeah, well, and, and that's the rumor, but then he came out and said that the rumor was BS. So we're, we don't know what we're going to see. From old Matt Ryan in the next What episode. I'm
1: seeing is a match made in heaven for Matt Ryan to go to Pittsburgh. You think so? I don't want it to happen, but I could see it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it could be a thing. So so we will see. But Matt Ryan is um he is he is on his way to uh he's on his way to, to being out the door. I think they're gonna move on from that contract. I think it's a, a too big of a contract for them to deal with. And uh, I I do think that the Falcons are going to wind up moving on from that contract, whether or not Matt Ryan wants to believe it, but uh, yeah, we're going to, we're going to be seeing that in the, the coming days here.
1: And number one, Tyreek Hill, 11 receptions, 186 yards and three touchdowns.
0: Huge game for Tyreek. Again, that rushing game, opening up, opened up things for Tyreek. They had to, they had to, Go after Edwards Hilaire, and and this is a rare, very good game for Edwards Hilaire. He has not played well, really, since the beginning of last year. And uh, he comes out rocking and then gives Tyreek Hill a lot of openings. Hill, he smoked these guys. I mean, he really did. And now they're going to have a really t- – and, and that's – it's not like they're pushovers over there with, with Philadelphia. I know they've had some injuries to their secondary, but he was being covered by Darius Slay in that game. So, and Slay is no pushover. Even though he's aging, he is not a pushover. So, you know, he, he, got, he, he got the best of old Darius there. And uh, I want to see if, if uh, Tyreek Hill can continue doing what he's doing because he's known to have these big games, but sometimes he can be a little boomer bust. I want to see if he's going to continue being the real deal.
1: See, I, I don't think he's been very boomer bust, but, but I think Tyreek Hill at this point is the best receiver in football.
0: That's ballsy. Ballsy. I think he's up there. I don't know if he's the best receiver in football, but he's up there. He's definitely top three or four. Um, I think
1: he's higher than three or four.
0: I'd have to. What? He's, you don't think he's. T- you think he's number one, huh? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, time will tell. But, uh, Tyler, it is now time. I've got five players that uh, I think you forgot about. So, I am going ahead. Oh, well, there's and- a lot. Yeah, there were a lot. Um, So I'm going to go ahead and bring them up. It's time for Raytown's Forgotten Five. Raytown's Forgotten Five. And and Tyler, I've got uh, a couple of honorable mentions. Um, First and foremost, Trayvon Diggs, honorable mention number one. Huge game. Two picks. Monster week for him. Uh, and, And the other guy I've got. The one and only Justin Herbert falls just outside of the Forgotten Five. He had himself a hell of a game on on uh, Sunday night there, or Monday night rather, and uh, tore it up. Three touchdowns on the day, really, really showed showed the Raiders what was up. So uh, Justin Herbert makes it uh, as an honorable mention. But there were five guys that that performed better than him, and number five goes to CJ Uzoma. From the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, the tight end. I think he's the first tight end I've put on on our, on our my list here. Um, but Uzoma, five receptions, 95 yards, two touchdowns on the day. Uh, man, Joe Burrow found a guy that he really likes to throw to, didn't he?
1: Yes, he did. And, and this is a good performance and a very good day for him. But I, I see this is where I th- – because um, I'm going to make his honorable mention because you didn't put him on yours because he's the last guy to fall off my or 2nd last guy to fall off mine, so I'm surprised he wasn't on your five. And that's Saquon Barkley, who had another – 120 yards in scrimmage and two touchdown day.
0: Yeah, I, I didn't put Saquon on there because I believe it or not, there are some guys that actually had really big days. Um, number four goes to David Montgomery, uh, 23 carries, 106 yards, two touchdowns. He did leave the game early. I think David Montgomery, and the reason he I put him up here over Saquon is I think that David Montgomery had he not left the game he would have wound up having a bigger day than, than Barkley. He was on pace for it. Yeah,
1: Montgomery Mount was killing it. I guess we can kind of attack this one while we're here since we're, we're bringing his name up. Montgomery's looking like he's going to be out for the next four to six weeks.
0: Yeah. Looking but, like
1: he avoided a tear of his ACL, but it, he's still going to be nursing a sprain.
0: Yeah, he is. But he was having a monster game in that situation. Um, and, man, I got to tell you, I, I, like I said, I really believe that he would have uh, outdone – um Saquon had he been able to continue so I I did put Montgomery on the list because he was having such a big day uh next up number three DJ Moore eight receptions 113 yards two TDs on the day uh getting it done for the Panthers gotta love that Sam Darnold uh, I think he's found his favorite target in DJ Moore wouldn't you agree
1: 100 percent
0: yeah, and, and it's fascinating to me, and, and you know what what was really telling is that Robbie Anderson has been virtually non-existent for that, that Panthers offense, hasn't he? he?
1: He has. He really has. I, I thought he was going to have a much better season beating that he's, he's getting Darnold, who he used to play with for, for a number of years, but it just hasn't gone that way.
0: It really hasn't. So now uh, Robbie Anderson is on the sidelines, but DJ Moore getting it done. Uh, number two goes to Taylor Heineke, 23 for 33, 290, and three touchdowns on the day. Taylor Heineke, proving you wrong every week. Continuing
1: to prove me wrong week in, week out here.
0: Yeah, buddy. And who was big on Taylor Heineke last year? That'd be you. Yeah. So Heineke getting it done, getting the W against. I mean, and like I said, I get it it's the Falcons, but Heineke has been good. He's been playing good ball. I'm surprised. Was pleasantly surprised. Um and and really he's not young either. I mean, he's 28, 29. So I mean, he's he's in the the prime and I don't know if he's going to continue to get better. This could be a guy that like winds up being great like when he's 35, 36 if he keeps developing in this fashion. It's crazy. So Heineke up there. But number one, Tyler, this one I thought was a no-brainer. I'm surprised he wasn't on your list. Ezekiel Elliott, man, 20 carries, 143 yards and a touchdown. Huge day for the Cowboys. Um, Zeke showing up. I think he's hearing those mutters from – from the fan base, all about how this Tony Pollard guy is nipping at his heels. Do you think that's the case?
1: Zeke's been on fire the last two weeks. And he's been on either your list or my list since those talks started.
0: Yeah, Tony Pollard uh, was nipping at his heels, and Zeke has sort of had enough. He's he's living up to the contract, as people have been saying. So he's getting it done. So Ezekiel Elliott gets on the forgotten five, and now Tyler, it's time for one of your favorite parts of the show. Uh, this is the part where we shit on people. And uh, I've got five guys who I think had awful performances. Actually, it's technically more than five, um, even though it is the forgetful five. Um, one of them got looped in altogether. Um, all right. So number five goes to Kirk Cousins. 20 for 38, 203 yards, a touchdown and a pick. There's a reason that he's five on this list. Okay, Kirk Cousins did not play well. Uh, he he had one throw. He, I understand he he was under a lot of pressure, and that's why number four is the entire Minnesota Vikings offensive line. They were absolutely atrocious. Rashad Hill got thrown around. I mean, like a baby learning how to walk and getting pushed over. I mean, it was bad. Kirk Cousins was under pressure all day, but he didn't make some of the best decisions out there either. Uh, th- there were a lot of problems going on. Um, you know, when it, when it came to Kirk Cousins and this Minnesota Vikings offensive line, <clears throat> the, uh, Kirk threw a nasty pick that, the, I mean, he had all the time in the world. Greedy Williams had Adam Thielen covered, like, I mean, just like a glove. Kirk just lobs it up there, and, and Greedy Williams just snatches it. It was a bad throw by Kirk for a guy that wound up in the, on that specific play with a ton of time for one of the first times all day. Um, The whole Vikings offense wasn't bad, but in this situation, the Vikings offensive line and Kirk Cousins, absolutely atrocious. Uh, Number three goes to Justin Fields, 11 for 17, 209 and a touchdown. He got named the starter this week, the official starter for the Bears moving forward. I'm not impressed. He did it to a bad Lions team. All these Justin Fields lovers are standing here going, Oh, look at Justin Fields, he got a win in Chicago and He beat the Lions. For Christ's sake. He beat the Lions. Give me a break. And his stat line looked <laughs> good against a crappy Lions team. Eleven for 17 for 209 and a pick. Come on now. I mean, Tyler, am I am I losing my mind here? Putting Justin No, in? you're
1: you're you're not. I mean, he looked decent, but he didn't look great.
0: No, I don't think he even looked decent. I think he he looked he looked good again, or not even he looked eh. He looked like less than average against a really crappy Lions defense. But I, I mean, wouldn't
1: be pu- I wouldn't be putting him here though. I, he played better than forgetful five levels by a no, lot.
0: I don't think he did at all. Um and and next up number two, and I think this one is definitely needs to be here. Baker Mayfield. 15 for 33, only 155 yards on the day. Tons of missed throws by Maker Bayfield. I mean, at one point he sat down next to Odell and was trying to explain to Odell what he was seeing. And Odell Beckham just had this look on his face like, bro, I'm going to cut you. Get away from me. Like, it it was bad. (laughs) He was just sitting next to him like, hey, man, you know, I I missed you because of this and this. And Odell was just, he was looking straight ahead with this super pissed-off look on his face, like, I hate this fucking quarterback. <laughs> it was, he was just so mad. Um, so Baker Mayfield winds up as number two, but number one, this one is a no-brainer. Uh, Davis Mills, 11 for 21, 87 yards, four interceptions. This one was Josh Rosen level.
1: I mean, yeah,
0: this is bad. This is Josh Rosen level bad. I mean, Davis Mills looked good in that, that first game he played. But after that, oh, man. I mean, I get your taking on the Bills, whose defense is pretty good. But, Jesus, 87 yards and four picks. Davis Mills, it's like Nate Peterman bad.
1: It is. It really, really is.
0: Yeah, it, it, got, it was ugly. So, with that, Davis Mills winds up as number one on the forgetful five. And, uh, Tyler, we're going to be jumping into news here pretty shortly. Um, we, I'm going to take a, a brief break here and we'll jump into news. We'll jump into our predictions. We're going to be talking about some, some controversial urban Meyer stuff.
1: So news predictions and rookies.
0: Yeah. And we got our rookies too. Actually, you know what? Let's do the rookies now. Let's jump in on them. I want to, I want to jump in on those before we jump to break here.
1: Our, our rookies got a little interesting. We we both got, got a little, little, little interesting with it. I was, I was impressed. Yeah. So th- um, things went a little haywire this week. And uh, a couple of honorable mentions of guys who received votes but um, didn't make top ten. Uh, Trey, Trey Smith. Yep. Trey S- Hobbs. Devontae Smith. Yep. And I'm probably going to butcher this name, but I'm going to try my heart out. Uh, Osa ODewe Guzuma. Guzua. <laughs>
0: Yeah, he had himself a good week too,
1: and he's honestly been pretty quietly solid all year too. Yes. All right, now top ten, number ten, hanging on by the by the, the skin of his teeth here, and that's and that's Rondale Moore. Another rough week, but it, early weeks keep him sort of hanging on. But he's at number ten. He was last at
0: five, and before that, he was at two. I dropped him completely off my list. I I just think the last two weeks have been so bad. And he's been such a, a non-factor. I mean, a three-yard game, three game last week, a 23-yard game this week. Where, where did all that big production go? I mean, I guess that, that becomes the question. A.J. Green has suddenly been outperforming him like nobody's business. So I don't know what in the hell happened to Rondale Moore. I think this guy's talented enough to be a number one over there. but
1: Yeah, right he, now, and he's, he's moving them the wrong way in the list right now.
0: Exactly. If I, he doesn't
1: do if he doesn't have himself a decent game, he'll find himself off the list completely.
0: Yeah, I think next week if he if he doesn't turn it up this upcoming week, he's gonna be off the list.
1: Yeah, So if you're listening, bud, I wanna I wanna like you here, but I'm 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 the only one that kept you here. <laughs> uh number nine, I'm making a return to the top ten after being not listed is Mac Jones.
0: Yeah, Jones coming off a really good game um he played well i just didn't think he played well enough to wind up being on that list um he he's for me he was a fringe guy for me he was i mean right on the edge i mean it it, it was it was right on the edge but there were there have been guys that are are still kind of hanging on on my my specific list there are guys that are hanging on where it's like mm, I mean mac jones might overtake him i think mac jones is about one really really good game from being back on my my list here
1: right number seven making his debut in the top 10 is is samuel cosme
0: yeah uh cosme has been weirdly good weirdly weirdly good out of nowhere he he uh i mean if i'm not mistaken i think he was a second round selection wasn't he
1: he was supposed to be late first but ended up dropping
0: yeah um sam cosme i mean he's playing good for Washington right now. Uh, he has got a great PFF grade. Um, he's, he's going to be really a long time offensive lineman that, that is extremely good for the, the, uh, Washington football team, um, or whatever the hell they make their name at the end of this season. Because I mean, we've heard a lot of things and uh, apparently weirdly enough, football team is still in the mix, but, um, Sam Cosme, I, I like him a lot and, and he's, He's turned into one of the uh, the better offensive tackles uh to, it, really in the league in general he's been a really good offensive tackle he had a, pen, a couple penalties against him um, but once he cleans that up I mean you're going to see a really great offensive tackle for them
1: number six Asante Samuel uh, continues his trend trendward up he was eight last week and now he finds himself at number six
0: yeah Samuel has he's just been turning it up all like I mean really all season long um the the Chargers, I, I heard his name called quite a bit, Asante Samuel, last week. Um, the Chargers, a few teams have tried to pick on him, and he's not having it. And you know, the, you see that all the time. They're trying to pick on the rookies. Uh, Samuel, he's been playing great football, and uh, he shut down Derek Carr when when he was trying to to make some really fancy smancy passes. Um, at one point, Samuel even even took a few away from uh, Darren Waller. So uh, Samuel looked really really good. His PFF grades are high. He's great in coverage. You really got to love what this kid's doing. Uh, and I think he's an excellent addition to a, a Chargers team that, that lost uh, quite a few corners in the off season.
1: Number seven, Creed Humphrey makes his debut on the list. And from a PFF standpoint, he's the, he's the best rookie O-lineman so far this year.
0: So far he's been great. And and one, so him and Trey Smith have been lined up next to each other and the two of them together have been this crazy one two punch on the interior of that Chiefs offensive line that have I mean it was just fascinating i mean the chiefs have hit on so many rookie linemen and uh these offensive linemen are are i mean they're showing up for for this chiefs team and giving patrick mahomes all kinds of time especially on that interior and it starts with Creed Humphrey who's actually one of the highest graded offensive lineman in the league. And so is Trey Smith. And they're both rookies. That's, that's incredible to me. If only like as a Vikings fan, I find myself going shit. If only we had that kind of luck because they hit on two really high end interior offensive linemen in Trey Smith and Creed Humphrey. And, and I watched both of them. They, they, it was, it was amazing how they work in tandem. Um, they both came up smacked the nose tackle, and then as the linebacker started coming up, Trey Smith just, I mean, you know, threw him out of the club. <laughs> it was like, it was seriously like a bouncer throwing a little guy out of the club. Uh, I mean, it was incredible to me. Um, they were just getting it done together. Creed Humphrey, man, what a great center. He'll be a long-time player in this league, no doubt.
1: All right, number five, making his debut in the top 10, uh, despite having what I've from what I can tell the highest PFF grades for those of you that like that kind of thing of all the rookies and one of the highest PFF grades of the entire league right now. And that's Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa.
0: You know, he flew under the radar. He really did. Um, he, he, he flew under the radar. He had a great game against Minnesota this week. in the quarterback. He was, he was laying people out. Um, he had <clears throat> uh, seven tackles, uh, I, I, I like this guy a lot. I think, you know, and he wasn't on anybody's radar. And then I happened to look him up because I I was, uh, watching that game. I'm like, who is this kid? And it was like, Oh, that's who he is. He, he finally, you know, it it flashed in my face. And I I said, man, look at this guy. He's just ripping people to pieces. And you know, his numbers, I mean, aren't anything crazy. I mean, if you look at his statistics over the course of the, the first few weeks. I mean, three tackles, three tackles, four tackles. You know, he had a half a sack. So, I mean, his it, numbers weren't anything to write home about. And he really wasn't that spectacular in coverage either. But this past week against Minnesota, he hit my radar. And uh, I, I'm, I'm impressed with him. Um, I didn't realize how high his PFF grade was until that point, um, which is why he was kind of, you know, not really on my radar. But this week, man, whew, man that kid, he's impressive.
1: All right, going to the top four, it's actually kind of been a tight race, but one is, is just a little bit outside the, uh, the, the big three right now. And number four is making a very good trendward up, though, so nothing to be ashamed of here, and that's Udafe Owe. Yeah. Taking over this Ravens team as, as their new pass rush.
0: Yeah, he's, he's been uh, – a lot of people thought he was going to be a bad pick in this draft. <clears throat> a lot of people did A lot of people were, were saying, oh, I think this is an overrated pick. I don't think this guy's the real deal. And he turned out to be the real deal. He turned out to be the guy getting it done. And and uh, the Ravens gotta love having him. Shit, I would love to have that guy. He he's played so well. He's caused some some fumbles uh, against opposing offenses that have really won the the uh, won the Ravens some football games. I mean, this kid's impressive. And and now I'm I'm looking at it going, man, I would love to have him. Um, There's great- been a lot
1: of uh, Judon who going around lately.
0: Yeah, exactly, they, and and so Owe is going to be probably one of your next big things. I mean, and and if he's not already the next big thing over there, and I want to see if he can continue being more consistent. But him combined with with your other middle linebacker and his name Queen, Queen. Thank you. <clears throat> I think those two together they make an excellent duo. It's very uh, very Ray Lewis, Terrell Suggs currently. So I want to see if that continues.
1: Yeah, I mean, Queen's not been fantastic this year, but we'll just kind of see. Where he's not been very good in coverage and his PFF grades last year and this year are in the 30s. Right. But I, that's, that's, sometimes that's the thing. I don't, I don't think PFF always gathers everything.
0: Right, exactly.
1: Um, number three, and this came to a two-way tie for two, and I, I um, made the tiebreaker being um, number of first-place votes here. So number three is Micah Parsons. Previously at at two drops to three, but I don't think the drop is for anything he did wrong.
0: No, he's he's played well. I he really has. There's been a little little issues with blown coverage, but that's not what he is. He's not a coverage linebacker. He's a blitzing linebacker. Um, a lot of people say he's the next LT. LT wasn't good at at pass coverage either. LT was a blitzing linebacker. That's what he's there for. That's what Micah Parsons is there for. And uh, a lot of a lot of the issue when it comes to Micah Parsons and he had a little drop in his PFF grade this past week was based on coverage. Um, that's that's not his job. His job is to blitz the quarterback, and and that's why they stuck him at defensive end a couple weeks ago. Um, that's what he's there for. So Micah Parsons, I mean, he he dropped a, a little bit for me, not a lot. He I think he dropped one spot, but I mean. Really, I, I mean, Micah Parsons is a, is a great player, and he's going to be the heart and soul of that Dallas Cowboys defense as long as he keeps doing what he's doing.
1: Number two, Rashad Slater. That was last at three. Now he moves up to the two spot.
0: Another big game. Uh, he keeps Justin Herbert squeaky clean. He doesn't get beat a lot. His PFF grades have been going up. Um, he, he blocks so well. He's versatile. He's um, versatile. If, if there was anything that the, the, the Chargers needed to, to get Justin Herbert over the hump, that was a hell of a start because he's going to be a long-time offensive tackle in this league. I like him a lot, um, and, and he's actually played better than Panay Sewell, and that was something that I had predicted during the draft time. That is something that I, I will happily say that, yes, I predicted this guy was going to be better than Panay and right now he is up leaps and bounds above Panay Sewell. So uh, I want to see if this guy's going to wind up being one of the best offensive linemen in the league moving forward. He hasn't had a whole lot of injury issues. Um, he looks good, and uh, Justin Herbert looks a lot more comfortable in the pocket than he did last year. So we're going to see how uh, Rashawn Slater continues to shake out.
1: And number one uh, was is still at number one. It has been for a few weeks now, and that's Jamar Chase.
0: Yeah, zips back up to that number one spot. Has another big game. He, it, yeah, you, you, he, uh, he hasn't
1: moved from number one since our first week.
0: Oh, I thought he dipped out once.
1: You um, dipped him out once, but our average kept him at one.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, he, uh, he's still looking like like the guy, but he's got some guys nipping at his heels with Sean Slater now and Oway. And uh, Ousso Karamoa, uh, the, you got a lot of guys that are that are gaining on him, and he's he's playing really consistent ball. Um, I still think he's going to wind up in that. If he's not number one, he's going to remain in that top three, top four region. Um, but you you've got there's there's guys that are gaining on him now, and uh, there there's and we're only four weeks in. There's a lot of football left to play.
1: It's uh, definitely getting crazy near the top, but. But at the end of the day, though, he's playing fantastic football. There's nothing to be ashamed about what he's doing. He's, he's playing insane right now.
0: Yeah, I think there's a, he's about one really bad week from, from possibly dipping down to number two because that's how close it is um, in the top five there. That's how, how close these guys all are. So, I, 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 like I said, I, he's, he's got to keep playing at that really high level
1: because I think he only get, he only gets better. Cause I because mean, right now he's on pace for over twelve hundred yards.
0: Ooh. Well, it's not Justin Jefferson fourteen hundred yards, but <laughs> I digress. You know, he's he's still playing great ball. Like I said, he's one really really bad week. Um, from from dropping out. Yeah, he's only
1: time. averaging like ten yards behind Jefferson right now, which is still insane in itself.
0: Or if it's, um, he he could be an injury away. I mean, who knows? I mean, an injury. I mean, we had Greg Newsom fall off the list this week because he was hurt and he didn't play. So, I mean, and and as good as he is, you know, uh,
1: uh, yeah. right now we're kind of trending towards second best rookie performance, rookie season of all time. It's yeah, we're trending.
0: Yeah, I, I I don't know if it's best rookie performance of all time. Um, second but, best
1: behind Jefferson. That's where, that's that's the route we're heading a quarter through the way. That's where. That's the, that's the trajectory so far
0: yeah behind Jefferson, I, I would say for sure, yeah. but i mean he's he's uh he, he like I said anything can happen we still have have you know 13 weeks of football to play we'll see we'll see where he goes I mean I don't think he drops in my opinion I don't think he drops out of the top four as long as he stays no. I don't think he does but but we'll have to see where where he goes so and uh, that is uh, our, our rookie rankings, our top 10 rookie rankings. So we got all the ratings out of the way, Tyler. And uh, we're going to take a very brief break here. And then we're going to uh, jump into the news around the league. So hope you're all uh, ready for that. Um, we'll be right back for after a word from our sponsors right here on the Outside Blitz. At It's Your Time Massage. You get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home Amanda's or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's your time massage, a natural way to improve your well-being.
1: Back inside Blitz, I'm your host Tyler Dean. Boo! And he's here too.
0: That man. Yeah, I am here, the fabulous one, uh, Tyler. Uh, you know, we got a lot of news around the league. A lot of interesting things. Oh God! I'm gonna. It, it, we had some really like just bad shit going on this week.
1: We addressing the. Are we gonna address the elephant in the room?
0: Uh, we, well, we're not gonna. I'm I'm gonna go through the the uh, lesser stuff first. So <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go through the lesser stuff, and then we can jump into to all of the the heavier stuff because it is heavy, heavy, heavy. Um, so I want to start with injury news around the league. We got a lot of injuries around the league going on. Um, the biggest ones are here. Uh, first of all, news around the league. The Bucks. Cornerback Carlton Davis, he didn't play on Sunday due to a quadriceps injury. Um, safety Antoine Winfield, he left the game uh, with a concussion for the Bucks. How bad is the situation looking for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defensive backscore right now?
1: Well, we talked about it last week to the point where they, they're, they're trusting Richard Sherman to come in. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's bad.
0: Yep, and Sherman actually, to his credit, did not look half bad in that game. I understand he's taking on Mac Jones, who, who is a rookie and whatnot, but I got to admit it. Sherman didn't look bad for a guy with with one week of learning that system. He did not look bad, although I did notice a little bit of that Richard Sherman zone coverage, weak coverage type of stuff where he's playing deep off the ball. Um, <clears throat> and he almost got torched on a play, uh, you know, by, by Jacoby Myers. So, you know. He, he got it done. He actually almost, he almost recovered a fumble too, but they called it, they called it down, but
1: he <laughs> looked okay.
0: Yeah. He, he didn't look bad for a guy with one week. He didn't look bad. We're going to see if he gets better throughout the weeks, but the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, their secondary is looking just rough right now with all the players that are out. So, uh, yeah, we're going to see how they, they compensate for that. Next up, the Washington football team. Logan Thomas leaves the game in the first quarter after five, of course, quarter, not corner, quarter, easy for me to say, um, after five snaps with a hamstring injury. Uh, that one was painful. But on top of that, guard Brandon Scherf, Diami Brown, uh, the wide receiver Diami Brown, they were both ruled out with knee injuries. Uh, wide receiver Cam Sims had a hamstring injury, and linebacker John Bostick had a shoulder injury. Sims and Bostic both left early in that game. Is Washington starting to become a sick ward? Um, I it's know Brandon, looking that way. Brandon Scherf is is a big loss for that offensive line. Heineke still got it done. Um, you know, and Washington's defense hasn't been what it was supposed to be this year. Let's just admit that right now. Hundred percent. Uh, you know they they're they're suffering a lot of injuries. Who knows how long these guys are going to be out? The hope is that they're they're. Uh, you know, not, you know, for their sake anyway, that they're not going to be out for a, a super long time, but yeah, there's all these guys going down, uh, with these injuries. So there's that, uh, next up the Vikings, they place, uh, Cameron Dantzler and, uh, Harrison Hand on the COVID-19 reserve list. Uh, both of them, you know, I think Dantzler tested positive for COVID-19. And then on top of that, uh, Harrison Hand, I believe, was a close contact. So the Vikings will be without their corner who has played extremely well uh, with Rashad Breland not handling his, uh, his duties like he should be. So uh, Cam Dansler and Harrison Hand, both big hits for this Vikings team, especially with, as well as Cam has played um, in, in Breland's absence. Am I wrong?
1: You're not wrong. And, and being one and three is not a good place to be in with this going on.
0: Exactly. So Breland will probably get the start this upcoming weekend against the Lions. I mean, again, at least it's against the Lions. So we'll we'll see if he can guard Quintez Cephas. But you know, we'll we'll see how that works out. Uh, next up, the Bears running back David Montgomery. We talked about this earlier. He had that knee injury. Uh, turns out to be uh, they they he was undergoing an MRI today. They you know, it's, uh, thankfully, it's not an ACL tear. It is a hyperextended knee. Um, but he will be out. As you said, it's looking like he's gonna be out for about what? Four to eight weeks, four to six weeks. So he's going to miss some time. Also defensive tackle, Akeem Hicks. He left early with a groin injury in that game. Um, that's a big loss for the bears defense. Hicks is a great run stopper for that, for that bears defense, isn't
1: he? He hundred percent is.
0: Yeah. He, he shuts down Dalvin cook every time the, the Vikings come into town. I know that much. I hate dealing with the bears defense when, uh, when uh, Akeem Hicks is on the field. Um, Next up, here's an interesting one. 49ers kicker Robbie Gold left early and didn't return to the game against the Seahawks. He had a hamstring injury, so the the Niners lost their kicker. So the puncher was taking care of kicking duties. Um, But here's the strange thing about this, and and also left tackle Trent Williams. He suffered a shoulder injury late in the game and didn't return against the Seahawks. Um, But here's the thing that, that kind of caught me off guard about just this headline in general. Robbie Gold got the headline about the 49ers situation with, with him getting hurt. And within that article, Jimmy Garoppolo was a footnote in that article compared to kicker Robbie Gold, <laughs> Which I'm just fascinated by. Jesus. <laughs> it, was, it was so funny. So there's that. So Robbie Gold, Jimmy Garoppolo, and uh, Trent Williams all hurt. We, we don't have a timetable for any of their injuries right now, but all of them suffered injuries this past week. Um, a big injury going on, well, two big injuries going on for, for the Packers this week. Both cornerback Jair Alexander and Preston Smith suffer shoulder injuries on Sunday, and they exited early versus the Steelers. Um, Alexander appears to have suffered an AC joint injury. Um, he's going to go undergo additional tests to see if he needs to be out for any, any, you know, time. That's a ginormous, both these guys ginormous hits for this Packers defense that has struggled this year. Uh, man, they, they had Jadarius Smith went down with injury, Jair Alexander, now Preston Smith. This is huge. The Packers defense is a sick ward right now, isn't it?
1: Packers defense is starting to shut down, which is which is it's kind of terrible because their defense has been pretty good this year, which they don't usually have.
0: Well, well, this year it hasn't been good. Last year it was good, but they've they, they've lost a lot of pieces that made it good last year. And I think that that this is gonna wind up being a scary, scary situation for, for the Packers, especially with as hot as some of the offenses have been in this league and the teams that they're going to be taking on and how hot the offenses from those teams are, um, they, they have a matchup against the Chiefs on the horizon, if I'm not mistaken. They've got two matchups against the Minnesota Vikings, who, while their offensive line has been bad, the reason the Packers did so well against the Vikings is because Zadarius Smith was on the field. So I mean, this, this is going to get ugly for the Packers if they don't fix this defensive situation or compensate in some way, shape, or form for these injuries. It, it I mean, next man up, I get it, but the Packers are in trouble here on the defensive side of the football. Uh, next up, your Ravens. They have offensive tackle Andre Hollow, uh, Alejandro. There we go, Villanueva. He injures his knee versus the Broncos. He did not return in this game. I know you're not really big on Villanueva, Tyler. What's your take on this?
1: And he's been okay after the the week one game, but right now we're hurting because with with Nueva out, we're we're also still missing Ronnie Stanley, who's still nursing his ankle injury. So we have none of our tackles.
0: Yeah, a little barren at the in you know your old mother Hubbard with nothing in the cupboard over there at the offensive tackle situation for the Ravens. So uh, the Ravens are going to have to find a way. Uh, hopefully, Villanueva can play this week. Otherwise, the Ravens are going to have to find a way to uh, get the offensive tackle situation handled over there. Um, next up, the Dolphins wide receiver, Will Fuller, injures his hand versus the Colts and was ruled out. What else is new? And also corner Byron Jones also suffers a quad injury. Will Fuller, is he just the most injury-prone wide receiver in football these days? Or have Man, I just-
1: it's, it's really going that way. I've always wanted to like Fuller. We can never, ever, ever stay healthy.
0: When he's on the field, he's great. When he's on the field, there's no doubt in my mind that he's going to put up great numbers and he's going to get in the end zone and he's going to be at vertical threat and he's just a great receiver. But, man, the guy can never just stay on the field. Um, Byron Jones, he's the number two corner over there with the Dolphins. Uh, He has a quad injury. The Byron Jones signing has not worked out for the Dolphins since he's gotten there. He's underperformed and now he's hurt. Um, Byron Jones, what, what do you feel about him?
1: You know, I I still wanna like Byron Jones, but it's been it's it's been it's been a weird weird one with him.
0: Yeah, he he did well in Dallas when they shifted him from safety to corner, but I mean, since he signed with Miami, I don't know if it's a system thing or what, but since he signed with Miami, he has not been good. Um they they won him in the free agency sweepstakes and and he just hasn't lived up to the hype and he was like arguably the best corner to come out of that that uh free agency class. Absolutely. So, Yeah, so Byron Jones uh, not living up to the hype and now hurt. Uh, Next up, the Browns' left tackle Jedrick Wills exits the game, easy for me to say, uh, against the Vikings with an ankle injury. Wills was having a rough game uh, in this game. He was getting kind of thrown around by Daniil Hunter and company and Everson Griffin. Um, He was having just a, a really rough go of things, and then he suffers an ankle injury. He had a couple penalties in this game. He was really off. I don't know how much the the ankle injury played into it, but Jedrick Wills has been a really good addition for the Browns. Ultimately, um, I want to see, you know, what do you what do you think about about uh, Jedrick Wills and his role in this this Browns offense and how big of a hit do you think that's going to be, especially for this Browns rushing attack that has been so effective over the course of the last couple of weeks?
1: It'll it'll hurt, but I think they'll find a way to get through because the Browns. Rushing attack's always been great. I, I think they'll find a way to, to um, press on.
0: Right. Um, next up, and, and this is a fantasy hit for you, Cowboys wide receiver. Well, not really because he did return, but Cowboys wide receiver Amari Cooper exited briefly. He returned against the Panthers with a right hamstring injury. Um, were you terrified from a fantasy perspective uh, with Amari Cooper trotting off the field?
1: Yeah, injury's never good, I, but I, the, the um, passing game has kind of struggled ever since the reemergence of Ezekiel Elliott anyway.
0: Yeah, there there hasn't been a lot of thrown passes. I Dak Prescott isn't putting up those 400 and 450-yard games that we're so accustomed to yeah, see. He's
1: still playing well, but he's not huck, shucking the ball across the field every time.
0: Right. He has not been the, the guy. Um, that, that we're so accustomed to seeing. So there's that, uh, next up, the this one's a big hit for the lions, two big hits, the lions edge rusher, Romeo Quara. He suffers a torn Achilles. He's likely out for the season. Uh, center Frank Ragnow also left early with a toe injury in that game, uh, this past Sunday against the bears. So, I mean, Frank Ragnow, we were talking about him in the off season when he got re-signed to an extension. He's one of the best centers in football. Um, Romeo Aquara has been a, a lightning bolt for the Lions defense as a pass rusher off the edge. These are huge hits, especially going into a game where you got the Vikings who have a, a very weak offensive line. And a guy like Aquara could be a very, very big piece of, of the puzzle of beating that Vikings defense.
1: Yeah, it, it, it sucks, too, because Aquara was, was quietly playing very well. And I, I, I thought he was, was going to continue to do that and, and become that new number one. But now he misses the year.
0: Right. And now you got Frank Ragnow. I mean, that that Minnesota Vikings defensive line and that front seven has been very, very good this year. And uh, I think that's going to be a huge loss for them, too, if he's unable to play on Sunday. Um, When you got guys like Galvin Tomlinson and and Sheldon Richardson and all those guys uh, coming into the fold. Um, next up the Vikings, they lose, uh, Michael Pierce. Uh, he's, he's undergoing, uh, an elbow MRI. He had an elbow injury on Sunday against the Browns. He might not be there, but at least they do have Sheldon Richardson and Dalvin Tomlinson on the field. Am I right?
1: Yeah, you'll, you'll be, I mean, he's a hit, but you, you have plenty of depth to kind of handle it.
0: Yeah. He, he's played good football since he came to the Vikings. So it's kind of a tough loss. But um, the hope is that he's going to come alive and or well, that the uh, other boys, rather, Tomlinson, is going to come alive. And he's what, he was the highest rated defensive tackle this past week. So I'm hoping he continues that trend as a Vikings fan. Um, next up, the Giants' safety, Jabril Peppers. He left the game in New Orleans early with a hamstring injury. That didn't come until after he uh, took the coin toss and uh, <laughs> proceeded to say, boom, we want the fucking ball. Fuck them guys and walked away from midfield as overtime began. So um is that taunting? I don't, I, don't know, <laughs> I don't know if the flag gets thrown there or not. I mean, I guess because it's not during game time, the flag doesn't get thrown. But I that was probably one of the funniest videos that showed up over the weekend. Uh boom, gimme the fucking ball. Fuck them guys. <laughs> so that that was absolutely just fabulous um next up the chargers linebacker kenneth murray he left the game early with the chargers due to a knee injury um that's a big loss for for the the uh, old chargers there kenneth murray has been playing extremely well for them on defense and uh it is showed when they when they lost him for a minute they they had some trouble stopping the run up the middle but then they compensated and figured it out but not having Kenneth Murray there is kind of a, a tough thing for them. Uh, am I wrong?
1: No, it, it, you're, you're not wrong. It, it definitely is. It, it, and I think going, it's going to hurt them for as long as he has to miss.
0: Yeah, that's, it's definitely going to be a painful one. Uh, Chiefs defensive end, Josh Kando, he left the game with the Eagles with an ankle injury. Um, that's kind of a sucky one, too. Kando has been playing quietly really, really good um, as a defensive end. Uh, the, the Chiefs defense has not looked really spectacular this year but kando has actually been quietly putting together a good season and uh yeah they're they're getting it done over there uh but now he's um he's going to be out for possibly a couple of weeks with that injury does this hurt the chiefs even worse because their defense has been ailing so bad this year
1: yeah 100 percent does that the chiefs are hoping to kind of rebuild their defense and it really hasn't worked thus far
0: yeah, they, they rebuilt that off, offensive line very nicely. And on offense, they, they get it done. But the defense, they need some work. Uh, next up on defense, also the Falcons, cornerback Isaiah Oliver, he was ruled out versus Washington with a knee injury as a game-time decision uh, last week. Um, Isaiah Oliver, he's a kind of an unsung hero of that Falcons defense. He's a good corner. He's not a great corner, but he's a good corner. Um, and he's a guy that, that hasn't been getting a lot of love. Um, and, and now he's going to be out against the, the, uh, or well, for the, I forget who they're taking on this week, but he's going to be out for this upcoming Sunday, likely with the, uh, with the Falcons there. Is this another one of those hits where their defense is playing so bad that, you know, you, you they, like
1: who cares?
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, their defense. <laughs> it's kind of who cares, but Isaiah Oliver has been a starting corner for them for the last several years and he hasn't played badly. He really hasn't. So I'm I'm that one kind of hurts the uh the Falcons, even though their defense is eh. You know, you lose a good player even when your defense is eh, and then it becomes even more painful. Um, next up, the Titans guard Roger Saffold. He's in concussion protocol right now. We don't know what his uh situation is going to be for the upcoming week. This one's a loss for the Titans, especially I, I understand you got King Henry back there. Derrick Henry is just an amazing running back, regardless of who's there. But I still think this is a loss for them, given how good, uh, uh, you know, that, that Titans offensive line has been for Derrick Henry. Is this not a hit for him?
1: Uh, I think it, it is. I mean, Henry's going to find a way no matter what. I, but it's, I think it's more of a hit of giving Tannehill time to get rid of the ball for his receiving the, the passing game.
0: Right. Yeah, Derrick Henry, um, you know, he's, I, I agree with you that he's going to get it done. Uh, I want to see who they stick in Saffold's place. We're going to see how, how that comes. But right now, Derrick Henry's still getting it done. They're going to need some better pass protection for Ryan Tannehill, um, especially with Julio and A.J. Brown possibly being out for this upcoming week as well. Um, next up, the Bills linebacker, Matt Milano. He suffers a hamstring injury versus Houston. This is a, even though, okay, look, the Bills defense, they played really good against the junky Houston team. Okay, let's just bear that in mind. But Matt Milano is a huge cog in this this uh, Bills defense. We know that he played extremely well last year. He was a huge surprise play for, for the Bills, and now he's uh, got that hamstring injury. How bad does this hinder that Bills defense?
1: I think they'll be okay. It is a big hit, but they got plenty of talent. That defense they're gonna, they're going to continue to get the job done.
0: Yeah. Uh, next up, you've got the. Wow. Uh, uh, Sorry, my, my computer is acting up on me here. Uh, next up, you got Teddy Bridgewater going down with a concussion on Sunday. He leaves the game. Uh, he's not practicing on Wednesday. And rookie corner Patrick Sertain, he left the game and didn't return after suffering, suffering a chest injury on Sunday. Um, huge injuries for them. Yeah, Patrick,
1: especially when Drew Locke is obviously not the guy, Scott.
0: Uh, well, he, he did not play well.
1: You need and, to, you're going you're gonna to live and die in that Drew Locke sword.
0: Yeah, I, I'm falling on the Drew Lock sword. You're absolutely right. He is he has not played well. And uh, yeah, here we go, Teddy Bridgewater. We're gonna see um, what what he's gonna do. Uh, I've got a little bit of draft news, Tyler. LSU corner and top draft prospect prospect Derek Stingley. He's undergoing foot surgery. He has no timetable for his return. How bad does this damage the draft stock for a guy like Stingley, who has been really touted as a top five pick for the last? Several months now,
1: it it'll definitely hurt. Uh, it's not very often you get a guy like Chase who misses time and really doesn't lose much stock, but I, you're gonna you're gonna see it kind of plummet a little bit.
0: Yeah, I think I think this dips in probably around the ten range where Sertain went last year. Uh, but there there isn't a lot of love for the quarterback class uh, this year, so it could keep him up there because the corners and the defensive guys are getting all the love in this specific draft. So there's that. Um, now, uh, just uh, uh, some fun news as far as the uh, as far as the the records go. Andy Reid he becomes the first head coach with a hundred wins for two separate teams. Is he the greatest coach of all time, or is he just one of one of one of? Uh, you you still leaning on that Belichick train?
1: Yeah, I think you kind of have to. Um, as far as coaches right now, I think there's there's a very small number that I would put in that. Serious elite category. Yep. Belichick's one. Andy Reid's one. Harbaugh's one. Pete Carroll's
0: another. Yeah. There are I think so- it's kind of your big four. Yeah, right now I think those are the big four. Uh, next up, Tom Brady becomes the NFL's all-time leading passer this past Sunday on Sunday Night Football. Um, he didn't look great, but he still got the yardage to become the all-time leading passer. He passed Drew Brees up. Um, Brady is—is is he just going to set every record forever?
1: Yeah, I, 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 he doesn't got as long left as he keeps trying to say it. He's got a couple a year or two left, but he's got a couple more records to snatch, I think.
0: Yeah, and also another another uh, good thing. Ben Roethlisberger—he recorded his four hundredth touchdown pass in a lot in the loss versus the Packers. Is he just like putting up like the Frank Gore numbers now, where it's like garbage time records and stuff like that?
1: No. I mean, yes yes, and no, but Ben's been around a while. Ben's starting to kind of shut down, whereas Gore was still playing at a pretty efficient level.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, I think— It's different
1: for running backs, too. Gore's been around, I think this is the same season as Ben, but running backs aren't supposed to last as long. But here we are, and Ben's slowly dying.
0: Um, next up, uh, jet safety, Marcus may is facing a DUI charge from a February DUI slash crash. Um, how big of a distraction is that for the jets, especially from one of their best players that they have? I mean, this guy was a pro bowl safety last year. Um, they haven't gotten him signed to a new deal. They, they really wanted to in the offseason. They weren't able to come to an agreement. Um, how big of an issue is that for the jets? Do you think he just walks away from it? scot free. Um, what do you think?
1: He'll, he'll end up paying his money and moving on. it. I, I don't think it seems to be like when these, this happens with celebrities who have money, it tends to not be an issue at all.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, and I, I mean the bigger distraction is probably, you know, Zach Wilson's, you know, stupid mom on Twitter. Yeah,
1: yeah. oh yeah, you're not, you're
0: not going to top that one anytime soon. <laughs> uh, next up, the Chiefs move wide receiver Josh Gordon to the main roster after signing him to the practice squad last week. Is Josh Gordon going to make an impact with the Chiefs?
1: More than likely not. I think I he's been out too long.
0: I don't I, think he will he will, but I mean he he
1: played well when when he was when he was reinstated for, the, for with the Seahawks. Yeah. But I, mean, I don't I think he's been out too long. It's been what 3 years now. Mm-hmm. 2 years.
0: Been a little bit.
1: But um what I, what I will say and I I do I, I do want to make sure I'm not in the wrong side of this because I, I, I'd, ra- I'd rather own Gordon and drop him than have to uh, wish I did. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly. Um, next up, a little bit of a lesser signing here. The Bears trade for wide receiver Jakeem Grant with the Dolphins. Um, they give the Dolphins a sixth-round pick. Grant is a guy that has underperformed since he came into the league. He had a, a few big games, and then outside of that, he's sort of underperformed. Uh, the Bears are a little little barren at the receiver department. I mean, they've got Mooney over there. We know that. They've got Allen Robinson over there. Do you think this is going to be helpful for Justin Fields, who they also just named as the uh, permanent starter? Uh, do you think that's going to be a big help for Justin Fields? And what is your take on Justin Fields being the starter with the Bears?
1: I think any, any sort of help you can get to Fields is going to help. I mean, It, it might be minor, but it, 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 at least it's something. Right. Um, I don't like it just because um, regardless of play, I still don't like a rookie starting off the bat. You have two veteran quarterbacks, and you should force Fields to sit the whole year.
0: I thought that the, the best motion for them, with, instead of starting him, would have been to put Nick Foles in and let Nick Foles do what he does. I think out of the three, he's probably the most logical choice. And I think that I don't like Nick Foles, don't get me wrong, I do not like him. But I think he was just the most logical, reasonable choice. I mean, and, no, I
1: think, and I think you're right.
0: I mean, uh, of the three, he's probably the guy. Um, next up, the uh, the Panthers go ahead and the, okay, so this is an interesting one. First of all, I'm going to go ahead and jump into the Cowboys here. The Cowboys release linebacker Jalen Smith. Um, a lot of you know outlets are saying he was declining, and maybe that's the case just a little bit. But uh, they just outright release them. They don't try, and they had suitors for trades. See, this is one thing that I'm not understanding about a lot of these teams right now. They're just releasing these really good players that could do well with the other teams, and they could get some, some draft picks for, whatever the case. And they're just not doing it. And this is an example of it. Jalen Smith is a good talent. He's a good, talented linebacker that they're just letting walk out the door. I don't like this move. I don't think this makes a lot of sense. And I understand the Cowboys are kind of in cap space hell right now. They've at least
1: gotten something for him. Future draft stock or something.
0: Yeah, they 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 could have gotten some draft picks for him. And uh they, they just didn't. I feel like this is a waste. And and uh just like what the Lions did last week with Jamie Collins and and speaking of Jamie Collins, he goes and signs with the Patriots for a third stint. So the Patriots get a linebacker that they knows their system and knows what they're doing for next to nothing. There's a degree of familiarity there. And uh, Jamie Collins goes back to the Patriots now. I mean, is this the not first the, stint there? <laughs> it, it's the dumbest thing ever. Why would you just let the guy go? If the Patriots want him, just take a draft pick. Take a fifth rounder. Yeah, I don't get, yeah,
1: some, get, get something for him. that Kind of like well, Stefan Gilmore. Yeah, they got something for him.
0: Yeah, and the Panthers they trade for the they they trade for the Patriots corner Stephon Gilmore for a sixth round pick. After the Patriots were initially going to release him, the Panthers make the phone call, they execute the trade and get it done. Uh, so Stephon Gilmore is now a Panther, um, and there were injury questions about him. I get it. There were people want to make sure Stephon Gilmore is healthy because they there were questions about his health. Fine, I understand that. But Stephon Gilmore, uh, he's, he's not too far removed from being the defensive player of the year. He sat out
1: last year, and then he hasn't played this year. So it's been a while since he's played. So, so I know he's still wanting that massive contract, but with his age and how long he's been out, I don't think he gets that anymore. Right.
0: He was a holdout this past year, and he's not going to get a massive contract. I think there's going to be a one-year prove-it deal on the horizon for him. But... At the end of the day, Stefan Gilmore is still a good player. I want to see if he's still, still, you know, Stefan Gilmore that we knew. But, you know, we've got – I'm. they should have gotten something. I feel like they could have gotten more for him. They want to make sure that he's healthy. I understand he was a holdout this year because that's what he was this year. He was a holdout. But at least they got something for him. So they sent him to the Panthers for a six-round pick. Seems kind of, man, I feel like you could have at least gotten a fourth for him. But maybe that's just me. Um, Next up, and Joey Bosa comes out.
1: We have breaking news.
0: What's the breaking news, Tyler?
1: We have some breaking news on top of one of the players we were just talking about.
0: Oh, boy. Hit me.
1: Jalen Smith oh boy. is finalizing a deal to join the Packers.
0: Oh, wow. Huge signing for the Packers that have had an ailing defense, and they lost Darius Smith, they lose Preston Smith, and they go out and get themselves another high-end linebacker. And this is a team that runs a 3-4. So, so look at that. They, they load it up. Imagine when all three of those linebackers come back.
1: Mm-hmm. Imagine how,
0: how brutal that defense is going to be. Wow. Huge deal. Jalen Smith goes to the Packers. You heard it here first, folks. Um, Jalen Packer. Jalen Smith going to the Packers is just giant. That's a massive, massive thing. He hasn't been playing bad ball. He's declined a little bit. I'm surprised that it was him that went out the door and not Leighton Van Der Esch because Van Der Esch hasn't played as well as Jalen Smith. And Jalen Smith has been involved in a lot of the, the Dallas Cowboys um, uh, two linebacker packages. They could have gotten something for him. I still feel like that's a waste. Uh, I, I really do. But uh, the Packers get themselves a linebacker. I'm not happy about it as a Vikings fan, but it is what it is. Um, now, Tyler, I want to talk about this Joey Bosa comment here. Um, he comments on the bad officiating in the NFL through the first four weeks. He said, it's so bad, it's unbelievable. This comes on the heels of him getting uh, in trouble for a, a uh, unsportsmanlike conduct call for yelling at the referee. Um, and and they, they called him for a bad penalty and, and then they called him for another bad penalty. And you know, we got to see a lot of bad penalties in that Vikings Browns game. A lot of missed calls. Um, I mean, I, I know I was, I, and it wasn't just because I'm a Vikings fan. I mean, the fact is, uh, I mean, Baker Mayfield, he throws an intentional grounding pass. And then on the very next play, he does the exact same thing and they don't call it. They don't call it. They called the first one, but didn't call the second one. Um, you know, they, they had the, the phantom holding call on Eric Kendricks. We got to see Dalvin cook with the phantom fumble. We, we got to see a, a missed uh, pass interference on the very last play of that game I mean we, we have seen bad calls before I feel like this year uh, there's there's so many bad calls this year that I, I think it it's almost dwarfing um every season outside of the replacement ref season i feel like it's dwarfing a lot of the the uh, bad calls we've seen in the past Is See, it not? i
1: I feel like it's right on par with what we see every year. I think it's it's no it's no worse. It's it's always been pretty bad, and it's no better or worse this year. I don't know which isn't a good thing. We I mean, you, sh- you shouldn't have this many bad bad calls going on, but I, I think this has been a serial issue going on for a long time.
0: Yeah, especially over the course of the last couple of years. I mean, uh, but I, I just this this year, I mean, in particular, I feel has been extraordinarily bad, and and I've I've seen. I've seen bad, bad calls, and I think Joey Bosa is right. Do you think he gets fined in this situation? The last time someone spoke out against the referees, he got fined.
1: Oh, more than likely.
0: Yeah, I, I think he's going to wind up getting fined. But yeah, I just I feel like the 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 stuff that we're we're dealing with with this this referee situation, and I I, I know like we're used to bad calls. We know what happens in the NFL but I feel like this is worse than, than it has been. I I don't know why. And I I've just been identifying a lot of these, these different bad calls and, and they've been missing a lot. I I'm starting to feel like it's on par with replacement refs. I
1: I don't, it's not that far.
0: I don't don't know. We, and we knew how bad the replacement refs were. Um, and, and I feel like it's starting to get to that level, but, uh, and last but not least, Tyler, And this is the elephant in the room we were talking about. Now, I want to save this one for last because it was just sort of obnoxious. Uh, The Jags coach, Urban Meyer, he gets caught on video with a young blonde girl dancing on him, reportedly drunk in an Ohio bar. Um, This is a married man, mind you. Okay. So, look, whatever the man does in his spare time, I really don't care. If I if I'm being honest, I, I just really don't care what he does in his spare time, and you know if he's out there cheating on his wife, I mean whatever. Um, he didn't fly home with the team though, so that, that kind that's, of,
1: the, that's where the teams has the issue.
0: Yeah, and yeah that's a real big loss. He stays back, and like if he's if he's
1: going to see his family, cool. He spent a long lot of time in Ohio, but that's obviously not what took place.
0: Yeah, that's not what took place. Um, so I, and I sent this to you, you know, off the air. To you and our our boys, the Steel Boys. And I'm just going to go through this this timeline. And and I want you to tell me if you think Urban Meyer gets fired after this year. So first and foremost, he hires Chris Doyle as the team's director of sports performance in the offseason. Doyle is the same guy that was accused of making racist comments and belittling players um, at his time in Iowa. Um, After heavy backlash, Doyle just resigns from the Jags. Okay, so we'll start there. He signs Tim Tebow as a tight end, so we all laughed at that. Um, He drafted the running back Travis Etienne in the first round, despite already having James Robinson on the roster, who was an over 1,000-yard rusher last year, and he proved it this past week by James Robinson just lighting up the world. Okay, He did great things. Um, And Urban Meyer, on top of that this past week, James Robinson had two touchdowns and 73 yards in the first half of that game. He wound up. He ended the game with just over 80 yards and not another touchdown. So he's not riding the hot hand, which brings up a. Um, it brings up a lot of questions about, uh, uh, you know, his his logic and his coaching here. Um, he openly admitted that he was hoping to draft Kadarius Tony with the pick that they used on Travis Etienne. Now Tony, he came out and he was a good depth guy, but. Is Kadarius Tony better than Travis Etienne? Absolutely not. And the fact that he was even considering Kadarius Tony, and I understand that's a GM thing, but let's be real. The coach has a lot of say in that situation. So that is kind of frustrating for, for Jags fans. Um, he told reporters that they cut players due to their vaccine status. Uh, the NFLPA opened an investigation into those comments. So he... he <sighs> You, that's just one of those things that, a you don't do, and b like I understand like why you'd be considering players over their vaccination status because of the fact that you don't want them to miss time, but at the same time you had to know that it was going to be a, a very stinging issue uh, with the NFLPA. He has an open competition for the starting QB position between Trevor Lawrence and Gardner Minshew. Uh, And then Trevor Lawrence wins it. So Minshew, he has Minshew traded a few weeks later, um, but he was allowing Minshew and Lawrence to split first-team reps that are very valuable in the offseason. So there's that. He was instrumental in trading away last year's number nine overall pick. The team starts 0-4. He doesn't travel with the team after their week four loss to Cincinnati, and then viral videos emerge of him with this woman that is not his wife. And then the owner releases a statement that Meyer must, quote-unquote, regain our trust and respect. And uh, he, he said that the, the actions of Urban Meyer were inexcusable. But then the thing that really gets me, that really chaps my ass about that situation isn't the fact that he didn't travel with the team. He then goes out in front of reporters today and attempts to justify his actions. And the way he attempts to justify it is he goes on to talk about Trevor Lawrence's bachelor party that he took over the offseason and, uh, you know, almost tries to, to deflect toward his rookie starter quarterback. I mean, how big of a, uh, how big of a coward do you have to uh-huh. be? Yeah. Be, I mean, really, is, is that not one of the most cowardly things that he could have done in this situation?
1: It, no, it, it definitely, it definitely, definitely is.
0: I think Urban Meyer is on the fast track to being a one-season coach. Or less. And yeah, and I don't... Have
1: you ever, have you ever had a coach um, not make it a full season? Ever? I I, I for, can't, re- for reasons that aren't health-related.
0: Yeah, I can't remember one. I legitimately can't. I don't know, but it's really a a confusing situation. And Um, now a
1: second video has surfaced with him with his thumb up a butt, maybe, possibly.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's got he's got he's showing her the bowling grip there is what it looks (laughs) like. Um, But I I just don't understand. I don't understand this guy. I mean, the last time we, you know, and there are certain coaches that, that are big names that didn't translate to the pros, Nick Saban being one of them. This is one of those guys that I, I just, I see him gone after this year, if not earlier. I mean, this is, this is horrendous stuff. And I I don't care. Like I said, I don't care that, you know, the man does whatever he's going to do. He cheats on his wife. I, I guess that's on you, buddy. You know, you do what you, you feel you need to do. I, you deal with that on a personal level, but. It's the fact that he stayed behind, didn't go with his team after a loss, so he could go do some stuff like that. You are not some some frat boy. You you know you're not some some you know college kid that oh we lost Saturday's game so I'm going to go out on Sunday and you know go get down here. You're you're not that guy. You know you are the head coach. You're the leader of this team. You are a and and uh, I mean we can judge him all day long. But he's a married man at the end of the day. Am I right? I mean, he, he's a married man. A 57-year-old married man. You know? There's, there's a lot of questions there. Um, I think this shows that Urban Meyer isn't cut out for the NFL, this whole situation.
1: Well, I mean, the situation wouldn't happen regardless. I don't know if it necessarily says that for sure, but because the team itself still isn't great. But it's not a good uh, start here, four games in and... Was always already this much controversy,
0: right? And then he came in front of his team and he said, "Oh, you know, I am sorry, I was a distraction and and tried to justify it to his team. And apparently there was laughter as he left. His his players don't believe it.
1: Yeah, and at at today's practice, the the players uh ended their practice with the huddle and and and, and they they went grind on three, grind. <laughs> so they no, they have no respect for. Urban Meyer, right
0: now. Yeah, I have, I have no respect for for Urban Meyer, and and uh, I, I just, you know, I, I think, and and really after he was, he was so cowardly in the situation, uh, uh, trying to throw Trevor Lawrence under the bus for a bachelor party. Shit, I went on a bachelor party. I didn't have, I didn't have blonde girls dancing on me or anything like that. But I had a bachelor party. Big fucking deal. Big deal.
1: Lawrence wasn't caught on camera.
0: Yeah. You know, like, I mean, Trevor Lawrence wasn't caught on camera, so what? How do you know he even had strippers grinding on him? Who knows? You don't know. But at the end of the day, Urban Meyer, not only does he look like a pig, but then on top of it all, he looks like a real asshole, and he probably just created a major rift with his starting quarterback. I mean, that's not cool. That's not okay. He needs to own it
1: he definitely does and i he might be forced to or he's going he'll be seeing seen himself uh jobless by christmas
0: yep and i don't understand how they they couldn't be angry um with him and, and getting ready to shit can him after he goes out and throws trevor lawrence under the bus you know like at that point if i'm if i'm the cons i'm going eh. <laughs> time to go buddy so There's that now, Tyler, and that's our news around the league. Now, Tyler, we've got the, the, uh, week five around the corner. We've got stuff going on here. We've got, uh, some huge games starting with tomorrow's game. Are you, are you ready for, uh, are you ready for week five?
1: Yes, I am. Got Uh, got me a nice four game lead right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I took some major risks last week and they costed me. They, they really did. I, I, Took some shots in the dark and it didn't work out. You you've got a nice pad there, um, and and it's going to get a little rough. So moving into week five, here are your predictions for week five in the NFL. Starting with tomorrow, uh, tomorrow night, the Rams and the Seahawks. The Rams are three and one. Seahawks are two and two. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go with the Rams. I think this is going to be a redemption game for Matt Stafford and company.
1: I think it's going to be a very good game, but I think it will be a redemption game. Yeah. Rams uh, for the win this this week.
0: Yeah, L.A. is favored in that game. Uh, next up, in London, which, I mean, <laughs> what a bad game to put in London. Uh, the Jets, 1-3 and three against the 1-3 and three Falcons. Um, I'm going to go ahead and go with uh, the Falcons here. I think Cordero Patterson is having himself a good time. Cordero Patterson is going to be the big X factor here. And uh, in our time, it's going to be at 9:30 a.m., so that'll be entertaining as all hell. But uh, I'm going with the Falcons here.
1: I'm going to go with the Jets, riding
0: right the hot hand.
1: Yeah, I think I think Wilson's going to look better than he is on a, on a really bad defense.
0: Yeah, yeah, but he did look good against the de- what 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 is supposed to be a decent defense in Tennessee. <laughs> but yeah, I'm. I, I wouldn't blame you for going with the Jets. It was a toughie. I'm going with the Falcons. I just think that, that Matt Ryan's experience is going to shine, and Cordero Patterson is, is seems to be the X factor over there. Uh, next up, we got the Patriots and the Texans. I'm going to go and go with the Pats here. I think Mac Jones. I'm going to ride that hot hand. He had a really good game against Tampa. I'm going with the Patriots.
1: I'm taking the Patriots as well. This this, uh, Fal- this uh, not Falcons. Uh, Houston team is not good.
0: Yeah, they they're dying without Tyrod Taylor in the fold. Uh, next up, you got the Dolphins and the Bucks. I'm going with the Bucks here. I think this is blowout city. Um, I know we said that about the Buccaneers Patriots game last week, but I think this one is legitimately blowout city. And I think more Bucks fans will show up than Dolphins fans, um, in this situation. Tampa's favorite.
1: Well, Tampa Bay doesn't got many fans though, so that, that won't happen. But I think, I think the Bucks are going to take this one confidently.
0: Yeah, I think, I think Tampa's got it. Um, next up, you got the Eagles and the Panthers. Uh, Panthers are three and one. Eagles are one and three. Panthers coming off their first loss. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go with the Panthers here. I think the Eagles put up a lot of garbage time numbers. I'm going with the Panthers.
1: I am also taking the Panthers. I think Sam Donald's going to have himself a game.
0: Yep. Uh, next up, you got the Titans and the Jags. Jags are zero and four. Titans are two and two. I'm going to go ahead and go Titans here. I think Derrick Henry's going to get pissed off and run all over them.
1: I'm taking Titans as well. Even if, even if uh, Brown and Julio miss, I think this week's going to be too much of a problem for the Jaguars, given everything going on.
0: Yeah, I agree. Next up, the Lions and the Vikings. Believe it or not, I believe that this game is really, really hard to, to, to call. Um, I know the Lions are on four. I know that the Vikings are one and three. I know the Vikings came off a really rough showing against the, uh, the Brownies there. Um, this could be a trap game to be honest with you. I, I, I've seen the, this, this story before with the Vikings where it looks like they should dominate the hell out of a team like they did in week one and they don't do it. This could be a trap game. I'm going to go with the Vikings. I don't think it winds up as a trap game. They should be pissed after last week. And the Lions are missing a lot of key components. Um, they, they're going looking like they could be missing three different offensive linemen in this game. So, And plus Romeo Acquara. I'm going with the Vikings.
1: I'm taking Vikings as well. They're going to blow out.
0: Um, Next up, you got Packers and Bengals. Battle of the three and ones. The Bengals have been looking weirdly good. The Packers, I'm going with the Pack here. Even though it's in Cincinnati, I get that the Bengals have been beating a lot of teams. I'm going up with the Packers here. I think Aaron Rodgers and company tear them up.
1: I think that's exactly what happens as well.
0: Uh, next up, you got Saints and the uh, Washington football team. Uh, New Orleans is favored in this situation, but Tyler Heineke, Taylor Heineke's been looking so good. Um, golly, this one is actually a toughie to call. I'm going to go with the Saints here, but uh, I, 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 part of me is saying Washington's going to give them more of a run for their money than I think.
1: I am going to go with, with the football team.
0: Wow, look at you. All I think
1: uh, despite all the injuries, the one thing that's going to be blinded is the fact that Curtis Samuels is going to come out and have a game.
0: Oh, you're, you're just hoping that for your fantasy team, aren't you?
1: That and Curtis Samuels are very good receiver still.
0: <laughs> Next up, you got the Broncos and the Steelers. I'm going with the Broncos. Even though Pittsburgh's favored to win here. Well, actually, I don't know if Bridgewater's going to play. That's that's the question. Um People are concerned whether or not. I'm going to go with the Steelers, actually. I'm going to take the Steelers because I don't know that Bridgewater is going to come out of uh, concussion protocol. So I'm going to go ahead and go with the Steelers.
1: I, I'm i going to go Steelers as well.
0: Yep. Uh, next up, you got the Bears and the Raiders. I'm going to go ahead and say uh, Raiders in this one. I don't think that Justin Fields is all he's cracked up to be. And I think he's coming off of a win against a very crappy Lions team. The Raiders are 3-1. and one, um, And I think Derek Carr comes out pissed. I'm going with the Raiders.
1: I'm taking Raiders, too.
0: Yep. Next up, Browns and the Chargers. Uh, Browns coming off of a rough one against uh, Minnesota. I'm going Chargers here, though. I think Justin Herbert all day is going to have himself a great game. I, I'm going to ride that
1: Chargers hot streak.
0: Yeah, and I think Rashawn Slater is going to get himself a real test here, um, going up against uh, some of the elite ends that the uh, in Jadavion Clowney and uh, Miles Garrett over there in Cleveland. So we're going to see if Rashawn Slater is the real deal. We could see that PFF grade take a dip depending on how it goes. Um, next up, you got uh, the Cowboys and the Giants. I'm going with the Cowboys here. Even without Jalen Smith being in the fold, I think the Cowboys have a good enough defense to get it done against the Giants, and not to mention that Cowboys offense is a juggernaut at this point. I
1: agree. Cowboys all the way in this one.
0: Yep. Uh, next up you got the Cardinals and the 49ers Cardinals riding that four 0 the Niners having a hard time. It's kind of looking like Trey Lance could start this week. I'm going with the cards in this one.
1: Yeah, it's hard to go against the cards. I think it's, it could be a very good game, but, but Kyle gonna get, get it done.
0: Yeah. As it stands right now, I think even though it is a divisional game, I know they be, especially in the West and in your division, the, these divisional games get a little wacky, but, uh, you know, we don't know if Trey Lance is going to start, but it's starting to look like your uh, prediction may be right for the Super Bowl if the Cardinals continue going how they're going. Bills and Chiefs, Sunday night football. This one's going to be a, a very, very fun game. Bills are 3-1, and one. Chiefs are 2-2. Two and two. Um, Kansas City is currently favored, but the Bills are coming off of a couple of really, really hot games. Um, we know the Chiefs know how to play the Bills, but the Chiefs are missing some key pieces on that defensive side of the ball. I'm going with the Bills here. I'm going to take a shot in the dark. I'm going with the Bills. I, th- This one's hard. It is, because the Chiefs are technically favored.
1: I think the defense is so poor on the Chiefs right now. I think the Bills are going to do enough to get it done. I'm going yeah. Bills.
0: That's what I'm thinking. And then on Monday Night Football, another primetime game for your Ravens. They're taking on the Colts um, on Monday Night Football. I'm going to go ahead and go with the Ravens over the Colts. I I think that uh, the Colts are really rough around the edges. Wentz has been playing okay ball when he's been on the field. It's just, they, they just got their first win, but they're not the caliber of the Ravens. I'm going with your boy Lamar and the Ravens. I think they get it done.
1: I think the Ravens defense, despite a lot of injuries that have happened, the Ravens defense is doing what the Ravens defense does and is heating up and is fixing their holes on the fly.
0: Yeah, they really are, and and really that front seven has been something to really behold. I'm going with the Ravens here on Monday Night Football.
1: Yeah, I'm taking the Ravens as well here.
0: Yeah. So uh, here we go. Those are your predictions for Week Five in the NFL. And uh, Tyler, we are uh, we're getting close to well after this week, we'll be over a quarter of the way into this season. Um, the the playoffs even are are being looked at as starting to shake out by a lot of folks. Uh, What do you think? Is is this a um, is is this how it's going to be looking? Do you think there's going to be certain teams that drop off out of the playoffs or is are we already seeing the teams that are emerging into playoff stardom?
1: Uh, You can see some some there's still going to be some movement around. I I do want to point out that uh, my uh, bold prediction of all four NFC West teams going is not looking too crazy right now.
0: No, um I, I did predict a three way tie though. So I mean that and that's even looking a little rough. A three way tie between the Seahawks, the uh Cardinals, and um the Rams. Because so I
1: initially had the Packers missing because of the Rogers situation. Now it's gonna be looking like I'm putting Packers in and Vikings out in this in this current state.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I, I thought that that and and this one I, I'm I'm just gonna it looks like Aaron Rodgers will be not traded before the beginning of the season that was one of my bold predictions so i'm just going to mark that one as an x because uh obviously he um will not be there so he will be he will be with the packers i said that the packers won't win the nfc north that's looking bad too so what
1: what i'm loving right now is my um sam darnold is going to is going to get the the panthers on the cusp of the
0: playoffs wow <laughs> You're just getting it in there. I don't know how you feel about this, but I did say that Ravens corner Jimmy Smith will have a career resurgence in the upcoming season.
1: <laughs> so, so far, it's not happening.
0: No, it is not. So it, it, I've had am the safety. He
1: can't go anymore.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's just kept, let the
1: man go retire in his, in, his, in his vacation home. He can't do it anymore.
0: Yeah. Just rough. Just rough. But uh that is um that's uh what how we're looking here we' I've got these all written down here in in my little notepad, so I'm going to be gradually holding myself accountable, and then we're going to go through all of our predictions uh, at the end of the season when when the uh, super Bowl after the super Bowl, but i'm I'm keeping these around so we can hold ourselves accountable but uh Tyler, that's all we got for this week. week five is in the books um. And, uh, folks, I just want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors over at It's Your Time Massage. Amanda's a wonderful massage therapist. Uh, you need to go ahead and get yourself a massage at IYTMassage.com, or you can go on and check her out on Facebook at It's Your Time Massage. Um, she's a wonderful massage therapist, does it all. And also, uh, for the folks over at Face Kicked Apparel, Sean is awesome at what he does. Great screen print guy. You pick it, he sticks it. He makes his own, uh, shirts and, Hoodies and hats and all kinds of stuff. So, check them out at facekicktapparel.com. And, folks, thank you so much for listening. Tyler, I hope you're ready for week five. It's going to be a fun one, buddy.
1: It's going to keep getting interesting. It's been unpredictable so far. And I think I have a feeling that trend's going to continue.
0: Yep, I agree. So, everybody, thanks so much for listening. For myself and the tenacious, titillating Tyler Dean, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time right here on the Outside Blitz. Join us soon on The Outside Blitz and be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash The Outside Blitz and feel free to email us questions at theoutsideblitz at gmail.com